0: Welcome to the STR Data Lab,
1: and we are live and direct. Hello, my best friend, Jamie Lane, VP of Research at AirDNA. It is I, Mariah Kame, your your sidekick, your best friend. Are we best friends?
0: <laughs> and the marketing master. Yes, we're best friends.
1: <laughs> Thank you for making that an alliteration, and you know, knowing that I needed my ego stroked at the same time. So. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, this is of course the STR Data Lab brought to you by AirDNA. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Today, Jamie Lane, we are going to talk about. We're going to we're going to go back in time a little bit. We're going to look at what happened in December. We do that because we want to give everyone context to what's happening in the future, and of course. Looking at those trends over time, month over month, helps you understand um, what growth may look like for the future. We want to bring all that context to our audience today. Today was a pretty big day. You told me earlier that your phone was blowing up with alerts, and I realized that maybe my alerts, which are like for People Magazine, weren't as relevant as your alerts. But the the new inflation report came out today. It's like, you know, a gift in your inbox, I'm sure. It actually had some pretty good news in it, We've been talking a lot lately on the podcast about those macro trends and what they may mean for our business. So I thought maybe that was a good place to start before we get into December. So since I, again, my alert was for People Magazine, it was probably something Kim Kardashian did. You help me understand, and maybe anybody else who, who didn't get the new inflation report in their inbox either. What's the news? What's the, what's the news on the street, Jamie Lane?
0: Yeah, so I'll get into that, and then afterwards, ask me why my fund was blowing up yesterday too, because entirely different thing in my mind, equally as exciting. But the inflation report first, we got it this morning. It was great news. Uh, inflation went down 0.1 percent month over month. It's the first time we've seen a negative read uh, in a long time. And while it was still up six and a half percent year over year, that's down I and. Mean, Really significantly from what we we're seeing over the summer, uh, even from just last month when it was up seven point one percent year over year. Right. Uh, so that's right. what the Fed is watching. That's what they want to see. And in my mind, this was in a Goldilocks report for us. Uh, gold. <laughs> and if we continue to see this and either flat, declining, even right. only up point 0.1%, like. That's putting inflation square sort of in the bullseye of what the Fed's looking and is the confidence that they can stop raising interest rates. Uh, we do expect two more increases uh, when they meet, but then th- that they can pause as long as sort of we um, we keep getting these good news. But I couldn't have written a better script for what uh, this uh, report came out today as.
1: I love that. And I love the, the Goldilocks reference, right? Which does not mean that we break into people's houses and, and steal their porridge and sleep in their beds. It means that it's the per, like sort of the best of both worlds, right? Remember when Goldilocks found the little bear's porridge and it was delicious? That's what was in this inflation report. Is that a, is that a decently accurate depiction of Goldilocks from your perspective?
0: yeah, but this is my first time thinking about that story and the relation of short-term rentals and <laughs> what was was the bear just like looking and thought they rented the place on Airbnb and um... yeah.
1: like maybe yeah there were, it, that was what it was. it was just confusion. Goldilocks is like, no, like Vacasa gave me this house and they're like, no Airbnb said I was in it. We've heard, <laughs> we've heard those horror stories before. thank you for making it relatable for our audience. So that inflation report, of course, is one of several, I don't have the number, but let's get there, of what I would say are the Jamie Lane indicators. These are the things that, you know, obviously either make your day or, or make your day not so great that you are looking at um, on the economy. So just for for my own, again, knowledge and the rest of the folks that are listening to us, what are those indicators? So inflation, obviously one of them.
0: Yeah. The other big one for me, and it, I'm, I literally start to sweat uh, the morning of... <laughs> Because I get so clammy, like waiting for the number. <laughs> Anyone else out there just uh, clicking and re-clicking the, the BLS site, you know you have a problem. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, the December payroll numbers, another great report. New jobs up 223,000 in December. And, and you, you think back at the beginning of the year, we were adding over uh, 500,000 uh, jobs per month, 223,000 is still really significant. It's probably a a bit more than the Fed would like to be adding.
1: Right, right. There's that balancing.
0: Yeah, the other components of that report, uh, wage growth was coming down. Uh, So the sort of wage growth spiral that we could get into of uh, wages going up, companies having to charge more for their goods, and then uh, employees then wanting more money because they're having to pay more for their goods – Vicious cycle there. It's a vicious cycle, it looks to be one that we're going to be able to avoid. Uh, okay. th- those numbers uh, keep coming down. Unemployment at three point five percent, the lowest number it's been in fifty years. Right. Uh, so, in terms of just an indicator of the overall health of the economy, still still very strong, and that with the caveat of there's so many aspects of the economy now that are seeing weakness and parts of the economy that I are impacted most directly uh, by the Fed. So the housing market, clearly in a recession, uh, we're seeing um, new home sales drop 30, 40%. That is a metric I watch very closely. How many homes are being sold? How many new homes are coming to the market? Uh, what the price of those homes is? Are we seeing home values come down? And that for me is gonna be the indicator Especially if our metrics continue to maintain sort of strong, that it, it may be a good time to sort of pull back into investing in, in short term rentals. And then and the other big one we get is uh, from the uh, BEA, Bureau of Economic Analysis, on GDP and consumer spending. Uh, so, how much sort of overall growth is there in the economy? Uh, and how much are consumers actually spending? And what are they spending on? and that's where we're seeing the big sort of dichotomy between good spending and consumer spending and i was i was doing a presentation yesterday I sort of had the image of an amazon box uh, versus <laughs> the image of a plane
1: and right, right. what
0: what are consumers going to spend on and where we went so many I mean, months I and mean, it felt like continual in the travel industry that consumers kept spending on goods they were reluctant to travel because of the pandemic. Now we're sort of over-indexing. People are wanting to travel. They're pulling back on good spending, putting it in our sector. And I don't see that as something that's necessarily over-indexing towards travel, but part of, I'm, we're getting our, our catch up. And then, I and mean, it's part of the long-term trend that we see of I mean, these new generations, Gen Z, millennials, Gen X sort of wanting to spend more on experiences and less on material things, which is one of those long-term trends that I see as benefiting uh, our industry.
1: Yeah, it seems like, although it may not be called revenge travel forever, revenge travel is still very much here to stay. It is a lifestyle choice, right? Like, And people may opt for less Amazon boxes and more airplane trips. I love that. Um, Okay, so inflation, that's a key metric. BLS, um, Bureau of Labor something. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We'll put it in the show notes, guys. I'm clearly not the economist, but essentially what's happening in the job market, what's going on with payroll, how that may relate to some other things, housing market, and then the fourth metric is the BEA data, which is GDP spending and what people are spending on. Yep. So I love that. So those are some good places for folks to look if they are as curious as we are, if they get sweaty palms also about what's happening in the economy. All right. Well, that's what's happening on there. But let's let's talk about what's happening in our neck of the woods. And I cannot for the life of me remember what radio announcer used that line, but we'll put it in the show notes too.
0: That's Al Roker to today's show. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Oh God. All right, guys, dating myself um, and Jamie Lane in the process. I saw him once jogging in Central Park. Fun fact. Um, It's like, hi.
0: So, so first, before we get into the industry trends, I want to share why my phone was blowing up. Um, oh, yeah. I heard. Yeah.
1: Let's do that. What? What happened? What
0: happened? And that was uh, the podcast I'd done with Bigger Pockets uh, went live. And for someone that's been sort of following the housing market, um, sort of housing investing, short term rental investing, I'm big- you can't get any bigger than Bigger <laughs> Pockets. Bigger <laughs> And so it was a, a true, true honor to be a, a guest on that. I loved talking with Rob uh, about the industry, and that is one of the po- podcasts that sort of I mean, extends beyond our industry, and we we get a lot more reach. And just the the comments that people have been sharing, and little things like I was on the fence about where my planning was for twenty twenty three. And that that interview really helps solidify those plans, and so and bringing data to the debate. And Rob had a a lot of really good questions, and and we walked through advocacy, why people should care, Mm -hmm. especially a lot of the new hosts getting into this industry uh, that maybe I didn't know that they should care about advocacy, and that new laws could potentially put them out of business. Uh, We talked about the best amenities. Uh, best types of markets to invest in today. Uh, So hit on on some of my favorite topics.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, and I did, I listened to that. I did get that alert. Um, And I listened to it on my commute into the office and uh, equally enjoyed it. One uh, Rob and of Rob Built and then Tony Robinson of the Robinsons both were great. I think just, it was probably a really great dialogue for you because these guys are serial investors. They're operating in some of these major markets. Um, they had really smart questions for you. I think we, you know, again, you provided a lot of clarity for folks out there as well. So, yeah, definitely worth a listen. Put that in the show notes as well. And then for advocacy, right, we are partnering with VRMB, um, Matt Landau, and, uh, uh, and Dana Lubner. Other great podcast reference. Just, again, shout out for the podcast. You're also a frequent guest on that one. But if you're interested in learning more about advocacy and how you can get involved, highly recommend How to Save Your vacation rental business um, podcast. I love that. All right. Okay. All right. Now let's get into it. Jamie, let's talk about some of the high notes of 2022. How did we end, how did we bookend 2022 in December as it relates? I know that there's one number, well, maybe two numbers that sort of bookend the year. They're pretty big numbers. I'm not going to say them like you say them, but I think it really for me is a sobering moment of the magnitude of our business. So let's talk about where we ended the year in terms of, of revenue.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about where we ended the year and then get into some of the uh, December figures. Let's uh, do but it. Overall in 2022, U.S. short-term rentals uh, earned over $62 billion, billion billion with a B. And that and was B, up, capital B. <laughs> that was up 25% year-over-year. Uh, so massive growth for industry, we we say it all the time. Last year was the best year ever, uh, and this year exceeded. I think all expectations. It definitely exceeded the the uh, the forecasts. I think the forecast I had talked about at, at Darm, yeah, um, earlier this summer had it getting to sixty one billion. Um, so we did get uh, pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah, exceed those numbers. Occupancy came in fifty eight point seven percent, which we had been forecasting. I think low 58, 58.4, 58.2, something like that. So uh came in above and that was really on the strength of a, a very strong December uh, in terms of uh, nights booked. But then so 62.62 billion in the U.S. Globally, that number was 141 billion. Wow. Yeah. So
1: another capital B there.
0: Capital B. and So love to see see the growth there. Uh, and that was really on the backs of a really strong recovery in Europe this year. And vaccines rolled out uh, yep. and last year. And it really, and after Omicron uh, dissipated in, in January, sort of global, global travel got back. And it was a on fire year for Europe. And uh, shout out to Blake on my team who puts together our European review uh, every month. Definitely uh, look at that one. Uh, was just going through it and really highlights what a a great year it was for Europe. And I think I save a massive recession in Europe. There's so many opportunities uh, right now to invest and sort of pick up on sort of the growth that's that's happening out there.
1: I love that. yeah, that's super, super important to understand where some of that global um, revenue is coming from. All right. So that's, I think that's, those are big numbers. I think that really shows the magnitude of the business. And I'd say like the health of it. Right. All right. So now let's, now let's talk about December. I've been teasing the audience for the last 15 minutes about it. So usually we talk about these things in terms of supply and demand. Yep. Do you know, where do you want, where do you want to start?
0: Yeah. I'll start uh, with my favorite indicator. Uh, (laughs) You know, I have my favorites. Uh,
1: (laughs) We're, we do you the, want to know what your favorites are.
0: D- don't tell the others. Uh, <laughs> my favorite one um, is nights booked. And it's the most real-time indicator. How many nights were booked uh, in December? And then we compare that to December uh, last year and previous Decembers. And that gives us what is actually happening, what's coming through your inbox. Uh, how many dings are you getting on your phone as, as reservations come in uh, over that month? Uh, and in December, Nights Booked were up 24% uh, year over year, uh, which that number had been sort of slowing And through November, uh, sort of peaked during the summer. And, and it sort of really accelerated again in November uh, or in December, where it had been only up about 15% and sort of skyrocketed up to 24% growth. That's with a huge caveat.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I like a caveat. Asterix, Asterix.
0: Yeah, last December, if you remember that time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I know it was sort of onset of on, onset of Omicron, where not a whole lot of people were booking. So we had an I call an easy comp. So when you compare this year to last year, I know it was a pretty easy one to. We got set up for
1: success there. Yeah, and and right. we're
0: going to see another easy comp probably in January. And Omicron was still. And week, already looking at the weekly numbers uh, last week, uh, sort of that beginning of January, bookings were on fire. I think it was up significantly, like 14, per 15% year over year. Um, so we're still seeing really strong growth. But we sort of, that sort of kicks off in my mind, sort of spring, summer booking season. Uh, bookings are always really low during the holidays. So that sort of period from Thanksgiving to Christmas. Uh, is sort of a lull uh, in booking activity. And then you get past New Year's and it's uh, uh, no holds bar. Uh, and we have definitely be, been seeing in our data some of the strongest uh, bookings um, in the US that we've uh, really ever seen. So awesome to see. And I think sort of bold bodes well uh, for the year ahead.
1: I love that. It's kind of like a predictable roller coaster. You know, you're always going to go Go tanking down and then it's gonna be whew, back up.
0: Yeah, and and it's something I, I have to remind myself when I see the numbers, it's like, oh wow, another bad week. Like <laughs> and like, don't worry, it's coming. Like it's gonna be here before you know it. And then it shows up and then and the numbers tick up. And you're like, but it's always it's always a worry, like what what if they don't tick up here? What if it's sort of a continuation uh of the winter um or the December bookings? But I know Yeah. That's my
1: sweaty palms moment, just so you know. That's where my, my palms are getting sweaty. I'm like, okay, we're going to gonna go back up, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So that's a good indicator. What else, what else are you looking at there, my friend?
0: Yeah, so uh, that's nights booked, um, demand nights. So how many nights were stayed in December? Also a good month, um, up 20%. Uh, and that's really been in line with the past four months. So sort of steady as it goes. New listings up. We did see one of the, or it was the uh, most new listings ever added in the month of December. Wow! Uh, so, and if there's, if you remember when we were going through the outlook report, if there's any big risk out there is that listing, new listing growth continues to go at twenty percent and demand slows to ten percent. Right. See some uh, pretty big declines in in occupancy. Uh, but we haven't yet seen that, definitely not in, in December. So uh, mm-hmm. occupancy only declined 1.2%. So uh, we are seeing a slowing of new listing growth, I'd albeit a <laughs> slight- Very
1: micro level. Yeah, it's, so- It seems stubbornly high, if you will. Yeah, were.
0: listings were up 24% last month. They're only up 23% this month. So if you squint, you can sort of start to see the, the growth rates- uh, <laughs> Come down, and as we've talked about, uh, we do expect that to continue to ease over the next few months as we um, head into 2023.
1: Yeah, you're 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 sort of um, projecting that in the outlook report to significantly decrease in terms of supply growth. That said, it's not quite keeping um, pace with demand which is which is growing at a slower rate, to be more specific.
0: And occupancy was down 5% last, and November only down 1.2% last month. So yeah, it was down, but not down as much. So a, a little bit of positivity, I feel like you could pull out of that too.
1: 100%, yeah, yeah. And just again, like having that predictability, understanding where to index off of 2021, 2022, how we kind of come up with that predictable revenue model in the future, I think is some of the key takeaway there. But that's all we hear about, right? Lately, is occupancy's down, Book nights booked are down. So giving folks some context as to some of the drivers of that, I think is really important.
0: Yeah, and we never talked about New Year's resolutions, but one of my New Year's resolutions is to try to not index off of 2019 anymore. I love
1: that. We've got well,
0: a decent year now of comparables for 2021, 2022 now. And I can't say we're never going to index first 2019, but- <laughs> Uh, I'm happy to not be indexing off a year that year anymore.
1: Well, it's so funny because I was actually, so I was saying the same thing, but I was thinking 2021 because it was such a bananas year, as I like to call it, yeah. that it's also, it's indexing off the high, which is always dangerous if you're in this business, you know, the folks that are making short-term rental, their primary business right? you know, you got to think about it in terms of the long-term. But to your point, 2019, sort of being where it just so far in the rear view mirror, I'm assuming, and completely different world that we're living in today. And so now having those four years of data points in addition to 2019 being really helpful.
0: Yeah. That said, I'm still using the 2018, 2019 data for underwriting. So if I'm looking at what a property is going to earn going forward, I don't want to index off of 2021. 20,
1: you do not. But 2018,
0: yeah. 2019, in terms of what is a reasonable occupancy for a market i i think it's i'm still doing but in terms of growth and sort of industry health i think we can squarely start indexing off of prior year and and uh, get away from those uh, 2019 data points
1: i love it yeah and of course there's, there's no like unfortunately black and white in our line of business right it's like that's useful for some things, less useful for other things. But yeah, that sort of context of worst case, and I, I really love that takeaway from a couple of podcasts. I did, a podcast I did with on um, the top one percent, where he's like, "Look, I'm only investing off the worst case scenario." Yeah, he's like, "I'm never like he's like I've got my my bottom cash on cash return percentage that I'm willing to accept, and then everything else on top of that is gravy." I think that's a really great way of looking at it too. So it, you know, underwriting off of 2018, 2019 numbers might get you to a better baseline than if you're trying to underwrite off of 2021.
0: Yeah. And the sort of, I'm not pushed back, but the other sort of caveat there is.
1: Yeah. Caveat us. Those
0: were, those were two of the best years ever for travel as well. So we don't have a true recession. I our, our data set only goes back to 2014 and it is the industry's longest, but it it doesn't have like the, the deep recession that we saw in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Uh, it doesn't have the impact that nine eleven had um, on the industry. I mean, there, there's still some room for risk adjustment there.
1: Yeah, which is why I also love that our new Alec report um, incorporates that Oxford data, right? So we're able to now do a better job of looking more historically at um, you know further back in time. To understand what sort of all those that baseline might be and then worst case plus best case so another great way to sort of bolster our data set i would say um increase the accuracy i love it okay all right so we've talked about nights booked nights stayed new listings all right should we get into i love as we know we can't take occupancy to the bank but we can take revenue so let's talk about well maybe the thing the other thing before that the adr then the revenue but you know where I was going with it.
0: Yeah. So uh, ADRs were, were up, um, up about 3.5%, not as high as we had been seeing past three months where it was up closer to six. And if that's a trend, which we, we are forecasting it to continue to trend down, uh, that's important to, to take into account, especially when budgeting. Inflation's coming down uh, more than likely, the increases in rates that you were able to get in 2022. And rates up six percent for the year, and we're, we're not expecting that to continue uh, into 2023. And the sort of uh, slowdown in rate uh, we saw really across all different location types. There are no areas really spared. The weakest growth in rates happening in uh, mountain resort areas. Right, um, dealing with with some decent declines in occupancy there. A lot of new supply. So yeah, it's something we're keeping an eye on. We don't expect overall industry ADRs to go negative uh, next year, uh, but we do expect them to only be growing by about 1.5% for the full year. So that more than likely will mean that some location types, uh, many cities do go negative. I am expecting in quite a few areas to go negative. So in a big piece of that is the increased competition So as there's more listings, more more competition. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which bodes well for the innovators, which I know we have a few in this space. Yeah, It was part of the, part of the things I love about that, the hallmarks of our business investors here are folks that are going to innovate. I love that. Well, and sort of, we've talked about this before this idea of like, I I guess I'm going to, you know, I only talk in like, you know, cliches and things like that, but tale of two cities, tale of two areas. And I love the way that you positioned that, Jamie, which was sort of there's these unrecovered areas and then there's these recovered areas. So let's define that for folks. What does it mean to be recovered, I guess, first?
0: <laughs> yeah, so we can bifurcate markets and sort of group them into areas that demand has gotten back to 2019 levels. So you think, I mean, they're recovered. And then there's areas that uh, have not recovered. Uh, and are still well below 2019 levels. And when looking at demand growth, and now we're looking at demand growth year over year, 2022 versus 2021, and just about every market saw pretty decent demand growth. But by sort of breaking it into those two groups, you're going to get a sense of which markets are seeing strong recovery and which markets are seeing strong expansion. Uh, And some of the strongest recovery markets so those still below 2019 levels, uh, but sort of growing quickly back and seeing strong recovery today, areas like New York, uh, Newark, San Jose, Boston, Seattle, San Francisco, D.C. Uh, so these are a lot of major cities, a lot of areas that still I'm very much supply constraint. Many of them have uh, tight regulation now uh, where it's really hard to add new supply into that market. So a lot of that demand is just feeding into much higher occupancy uh, for those types. And if you can get into some of these markets, uh, great. And you're gonna continue to be able to ride that uh, recovery wave as as more and more people uh, venture back to the cities, more and more uh, businesses are, are having their workers come back full time, which and brings much more sort of business travel back. And we do, and then just the recovery of international, Uh, all those markets have have historically been very dependent on international travelers, uh, and we're seeing a strong recovery uh, now in in international travel back to the US.
1: I love that, yeah, no, that's, I, I love that sort of unrecovered, recovered, and then the expansion, which I think is really important, right? Which are maybe places like, that are in it to win it in the long term, right? So we're thinking about places in Texas, good old Gatlinburg, which we talk about a lot, um, Hamptons, Hawaii, you know, places that just probably will always be wonderful play- markets to be in if you can get into them.
0: Yeah, these are, are markets that are really popular to invest in today, generally have laxer regulation. I and mean, if you want to invest, you can get a permit, you can get into that market. And broadly, since I mean, there are areas where we are seeing I and mean, the most demand growth, that uh, Supply is being absorbed. I host that uh, bring new listings into that market. They're seeing decent, decent performance. They're getting bookings. There's more people uh, that want to stay in that market than can actually stay in it, especially during peak seasons. And broadly, they're seeing expansionary growth, and that's 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 great for the industry as more and more people are being able to be accommodated by short term rentals.
1: I love it. I love it. I love those categorizations. I think we should go deep on that. In the near future, we should talk a little bit more about sort of where the best places to invest are potentially on the podcast. And again, in the near future, hint, hint, um, shameless plug, shameless plug. Okay. So I think this gives everyone a lot of context. I love that sort of the topic thematically of this podcast has really been these indicators, right? What are the indicators? What are the things that you can look at which, you know, I think we we haven't overtly talked about in a while for the audience. So I think this is a really great place to sort of level set. jump set the year. I always like taking a look back because, like, you know, I mean, I am in Colorado. I don't hike. But in the past, I hiked, right? And, like, when you're hiking up a mountain, you're like, is that a false peak? Is that a false peak? Am I ever going to get to the freaking top? And so often you forget to look back and realize you just went, you know, 13,000 feet up in the air. So I think this was great context for folks. Again, some interesting... Indicators of, you know, why our outlook report um is predicting a little bit more of a maturing of growth. I know people have been talking a lot about the the gold rush. Um, so now we have the canaries in the coal mine as well, folks,
0: yeah. And one month is never a trend. Uh, no, nope. Uh, nope.
1: that's a fair you, point.
0: you got to continue to to tune in and see if those those trends are continuing. and you know we'll be here to sort of uh, dive in and keep everyone up to date on what those, those trends are showing. I
1: love it. Yes, absolutely. We're going to keep showing you um, what happens month over month, year over year, give you all the context um, so that you can climb all your mountains, um, get to the top of those 14 ers hopefully with better information in your back pocket. All right. I, I say we call this a wrap. The sun is slowly encroaching on my face. I think that means it's time <laughs> to end.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think I heard my kids just get home, so. <laughs> okay,
1: that's definitely a good reason to wrap it up. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All Jamie, as always, it's been a pleasure. And folks, we'll catch you on the next episode.